airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and um, we are all practicing our social distancing. And, um, you know, we will continue yeah. to do that to abide by all the rules. Um, um, and hopefully you're doing that where you are as mm-hmm. well. Um, always, we want to invite you to connect with us uh, via social media. We've got uh, Facebook pages and Twitter accounts and here to tell you more of what you've won. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, follow us or, or friend us on Facebook. Uh, search for Airing the Addisons. You, if you want to email us, you can Email us at airing the Addisons at a f a r dot net. One of those. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna step in here, and I rarely do this on the informational part, but I thought you said it was airing Addisons at a f r dot net. No, airing airing the Addisons at a uh, is Addisons at a f r dot net. All right, I'm gonna be checking your temperature later. <laughs> I'm just gonna be making sure, just making sure that we I'm have just any saying, problems. don't email us. Not just playing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you um, want to get in contact yeah. with us, you can um, hit us through Facebook. And a lot of people do. They send um, inbox messages. And, I, you know, I look at them. I'm not able to answer them all at one time. But I try to go through all of those and, and give answers where answers are needed. And uh, mm-hmm. But you can contact us uh, there. And if, if you want to follow us on Twitter, which we're uh, less active on, that's Erring Addison's. You find okay. us there. Yeah. Yeah. We don't spend a lot of time on Twitter, but um, on occasion we'll pop over. Yeah. On and occasion. See who's being, see who's being bullied. <laughs> you know, see, see who's being canceled. It's a battleground you know, over just, there. Well, it is. It is. It's like, harsh uh, territory uh, to be in. Um, today, what we wanted to do was take a look at just some of the stories that kind of came across our desk that as we kind of bat these around, we think, man, yeah, I want to kind of have a little bit of a discussion around that. I want to take mm. a, I want to take a special Almost somewhat um, self-interested look Uh-oh. at New Orleans. Oh, hometown. <sighs> New Orleans. I love you people, okay? But you're making national news headlines because um, the coronavirus is spreading, and it's spreading pretty rapidly in New Orleans. And it seems that what it comes down to, and we'll get into a little bit of that a little bit later. I'm just kind of giving you a overview, quick thumbnail sketch of where you want to go. Um it seems that New Orleanians are laissez les bon temps roulant. Without their partying? Well, just not 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 adhering. They're, not let, um, they're letting the good times roll. Yeah. So they're yeah, not they're out there oh, partying. I should say I should give a translation, right? Les yeah. Le Bon Temps Roulet. Let the good times roll. <laughs> um yeah, it seems that, but I, I think and we'll get into it when we get into the story because we've got a story connected to this. It's making national news. Um, but it's right in our backyard. And of course, we are New Orleans natives. So we pay special attention to that we still have family there. And, um, you know, I think we understand our people down in New Orleans. <laughs> Do yeah. we? Well, yeah, I think so. 
mean, don't don't so. try to pretend like you're, you know. I, you know, I, we'll talk about it later, but I have some other okay. thoughts, so I'll bring it up later. About, Good. About what's going on there, too. Just having talked okay. to my sister. Uh, you know, okay. I, yeah, so. Good, because I was curious to know what your take on some of the stories that we bat around. We just read them, and then we want to try to have as much of a live discussion as we can so we don't talk about it ahead of the show, because then... Well, that's boring for me. I don't want to <laughs> go over it again. So anyway, but I'm, I'm curious to know what some of your thoughts are. We're going to talk about that. We're going to also talk about what retailers are doing um, amid the growing concern. And I don't know at what point the concern stops growing and it's at its max growth. Mm. You know, we keep saying the growing concern of coronavirus. I don't know at what point you get to the place where you're just like, we're here. It's max concern. It can't grow any bigger. Like, we're just here. So maybe we should say, you know, full-blown concern. Um of coronavirus in the United States of America. We'll talk about what some of the retailers are doing, but also we're going to talk about what Amazon is doing because whether we like it or not, Amazon, mm. as they say, um, changed the game as it pertains Man. to shopping. Yes, and so have. Amazon is kind of changing the game again um, <laughs> in the midst of coronavirus, which to. shows how powerful they are. I mean, they, yeah. they're shot callers. And so they're saying we're doing some things differently. So we'll talk to you a little bit about that. Yes. And then there was one other thing I think that we wanted to mention. I think well, what I, stores are doing New Orleans. Oh yeah, stores. And then, yeah, in New Orleans. And oh, we 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 actually talked before show a little bit about this uh, stimulus plan. That yeah, you know, that's some money that's coming. Yeah, <laughs> money money coming. Okay, I don't know what you just did, but um, <laughs> I don't know what you just money. did. But that was not in the story that money I read. Coming. That was right. not at all in the story that I read. <laughs> But some you people know, are not going to get that. Other people uh, who get yeah. it are offended. Send your emails to Will. No. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Send them to Will the Great. He can handle it. Um, so yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, the president. I was and, trying to figure um, that out, you know, but I think mm-hmm. I understand better now what's going on. You know. Well, so. I'd like to hear from you what you think because I, you <laughs> okay. know, I like to think beyond just. I think sometimes when we see situations or we read stories. We tend to just think of our individual situations or we think of maybe people that we know and we try mm-hmm. to wonder, you know, how this might help. But I think um, bigger picture, I was looking at uh, several stories. Um, I think I was over at The Independent and um, The Independent had sort of a mashup of videos where they were just interviewing real people and talking about in real time, almost overnight, if you will, um, how these people have lost their jobs and how so much of, you know, um, just the uh, our economy just almost kind of coming to a halt in many mm. different industries has affected their livelihood and Man, so this is yeah, um, it's, it's big real, you know we may not problem. hear those it's a real problem yeah. we may not hear those stories on a regular basis but those stories are out there and those stories are growing yeah uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that uh, but here's what I oh, no, go ahead, say, I Will think we also just need to remind the people of God you know where our trust is we trust in trusting God you know um you know, because still there can be panic, there can be fear, and God has caused us to be wise and to take the proper steps, you know, that we need to take and not and to listen to the, the wisdom from the, the health officials and stuff like that, but not to be fearful. You know, I had a, convers- a good conversation with my brother, Devin, um, today, and we prayed, you hey, know. Um, but <laughs> And Devin, I think some people already know who he is. Some people may not know who he is, but he's a brother— that's in, in prison, and he don't mind me mm-hmm. saying that he's in prison. Um, it's part of his testimony. Yes, yeah, part of his testimony. He, and he, he, he was telling me they, he was joking. He was like, he said, "Not a whole world locked up," you know. <laughs> he was. That's he, true. <laughs> That's he true. Said, Devin, We've been thank quarantining you, for a while over here. 
But anyway, Thanks, Devin. but we had a <laughs> we had a chance to it's pray. Good to keep your wits about you there, Devin. <laughs> and he's a brother in the Lord, man, leading the church in the prison right now. You know, he's a, he's a brother, and we had a chance to pray. And, and you know, he had some encouraging words, just you know, about us trusting in God and. Amen. And uh, and the, the prayer was awesome. So I think as as um we go through this, we need to stay mindful of who we are in Christ, and that God is sovereign, and that oh no matter what is coming or what has come or whatever, you know that we that our hope is always to be in the Lord. Like He is able to sustain us. He's able to do whatever He will. And so uh, trusting in Him and not being fearful. Amen. That is so encouraging and so timely. And that's that's what we've been trying to say. And I think that maybe. And I don't want to um, take up too much more time in this segment because I think you just made the point beautifully. But I also want to read something that may run us right up into the break. Um, but I think that that is a that is a timely point and it's important. It's one that we've been trying to make without minimizing or dismissing right. what is happening, but making sure that we magnify the Lord. Amen. Right. That we magnify the Lord. The situation is big. But I mean, yeah, in big situations, even still, we magnify the Lord. We exalt him. Right. And so I think that's so important. And hopefully we've done um, a fair and balanced job of communicating that with our personalities. Like I'm not all of a sudden going to lose my humor in this. You know, I understand that there are things that are going on. But for some of us, humor is a coping mechanism. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if I mean, you know, right. Yeah. Like if you know, we need it. I mean, I think humor is great. Like even in, in rough times, you you know you got to try. <laughs> you got to try. <laughs> you know what you got to try to be yeah. funny, friends. Yeah. All right, here we go. Um, I read these um, daily updates, and and I don't get to read them every single day, but I really feel like the Lord allows me to read the ones that I like desperately yeah. need to read in those moments. You know what I mean? You get these mm. daily updates. You can't read them every day, but um, I get daily updates from um, Dr. Jim Dennison. So like the Dennison Report. And I was reading a portion of the report today that was just so encouraging. Oh, my goodness. It just jumped off the page at me that I want to do something that I don't always do. But I want to quote him here. He wrote this and it's written so beautifully. I want to quote him verbatim without stealing his idea or his concept. And I want to share it with our listeners because it was such an encouragement to me. And I think it speaks of right where we are um, today. And a portion of his piece was dedicated to um, when um, when Martin Luther went through the bubonic plague with his wife in 1527. And I thought, man, this was just incredible. It struck the right tone of the balance between there is the reality that we have a life-threatening disease that is circulating, but at the same time, we have life-giving hope in Christ, mm -hmm. who is risen, right, yeah. and who is exalted and seated at the right hand of the Father. So here we go. Let me try to read this. And again, um, this is the Jim Dennison Report, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes so that you can go and read this, and maybe you'll encourage your um, fellow believers in your area by sharing it, because I think it's well worth the read. Here we go. Uh, Dr. Jim Dennison, quoting him here. When the plague came to Wittenberg, the bubonic plague struck Wittenberg, Germany, I think you should say Wittenberg, Germany, in mm -hmm. August of 1527. This disease was especially horrific. In just one day, an infected person could show signs of delirium, fever, speech disorders, and loss of consciousness. Soon after, they would break out in large boils that infected the bloodstream and rapidly led to their death. Martin Luther and his wife, Katerina, who was pregnant at the time, were urged to flee the city. However, they chose to stay in order to minister to the sick and dying. When asked by Christians in another city for advice, 
Luther wrote a pamphlet that is as remarkable today as when he produced it, titled, Whether One May Flee from a Deadly Plague. It combines realism and faith in a way that is powerfully relevant to our crisis. Luther counseled his readers to utilize medicine and intelligence, quote, to guard and to take good care of the body so that we can live in good health, end quote. As a result, he stated, quote, I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine and take it, end quote. He also practiced what we call social distancing, quote, I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance infect and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence, end quote. With this caveat, quote, if my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely, end quote. He understood the urgency of sharing the gospel so as to lead the sick to saving faith before they died and to minister to believers in their final days. As it turned out, Martin and Katerina Luther were spared from the plague, but they did not know this when they chose to stay behind to care for the sick of their community. They could risk their lives to serve others because they were not afraid to die. Their hope was in proper procedures and medical treatments, but even more, it was in Christ. They trusted their Lord to protect them in life and bring them to heaven in death whenever it came. My point is not that we should refuse the urgent calls to social distancing that are absolutely crucial to slow the spread of this pandemic. To the contrary, as one primary care physician notes, we must adopt such critical measures immediately. My point is that choosing to hope in God, as the Luthers did, sustains us as nothing else can. It reminds us that the worst that can happen to us leads to the best that can happen to us. Let me say that again. It reminds us that the worst that can happen to us leads to the best that can happen to us. The moment we close our eyes on this diseased fallen planet, we open them in God's perfect paradise where we take our last breath here is where we wake up and take our first breath there. As Jesus said, everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. John eleven twenty six. That is beautiful. That's Dr. Jim Dennison. We're going to put mm. a link in the show notes yeah. so you can go and read the entire article. It's well worth your time. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We're going to grab this break. We'll come back and take a look at what's happening deep down south in New Orleans. So stay close. I can 
kind of see Martin Luther kind of like bobbing his shoulders a little bit. Like, well, that's not what I originally did with it, but okay then. Okay, all right. I he like the what remix. Did. I think I think Martin Luther would like the remix. I think I think he would be like, Him okay. And Katarina. Him and Katarina be like, I see what you guys did there. That's really good. As Dr. Jim Tennyson points out, A Mighty Fortress is Our God was written two years after the plague that uh, Martin Luther and his wife Katarina survived. And and Dr. Dennison says probably in response to it, probably mm. in response to facing that. I mean, can you imagine just watching people die in front of you and, and, and watching it happen so rapidly, as I described mm. as I was reading it in the last segment? And then you come out of that and you say, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a flood of mortal ills that seem to be prevailing. Mm. You know what I mean? So. Anyway, welcome back wow. to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Shylin, not Martin, Martin Luther. Luther. <laughs> oh, okay, that's no? That's Shylin with a Mighty Fortress. That's the remix. I think, yeah. you know, there are just so many things that would have been different. You know, um, yeah. um, Martin Luther nailed his 95 thesis. I think that Shylin would have wrapped it. You know, I think he would have been like, hear ye, hear ye. You know, and he just would have wrapped it. I don't know if it would have traveled as well as Martin Luther's, you know, right. uh, did. But anyway, um, welcome back to Aaron the Addisons. We appreciate you listening. Yes. All right, Will, I'm going to put this in the file folder. Go get your people down in New Orleans. I don't know what is happening. That's a long label. Yeah, that's long. But that's what it is. If you're ever looking for this in a future show, go get your people down in New Orleans. I don't know what is happening. Manila folder. All right. You just got to write really small double lines. All right. We got it. Here's the information. And then let's have a conversation around it. I would like you're older than I am. And not um, by much. Come on now. Come on, man. All right, Papa. I mean, (laughs) wow. You you know, you were. (laughs) The disrespect is real. You had a little you had a little more of the 70s than I did. What I'm saying (laughs) is this. (laughs) You did. It's true. Um, What I'm saying is this. You have a little more experience with New Orleans. All right. Um, Because I was actually born there. Yeah. Oh, you got me. That's what happens when you get her. Look, I'm okay. All right, people. All right. I was actually born in Dallas. Which is great. I mean, Dallas which is Which is fantastic you know? because I feel like the great nation of Texas is what made me who I am today. All right. But you um, were raised in New Orleans. Yes. I feel like. I feel like Texas was the meal, right? But New Orleans was the Tony Sacheries that was put on top. That's and that's, what you, that's how you get sauce. Mika. That's what it is. You know what I mean? And so anyway, no, but we joke about that. You are truly a New Orleans native, born and bred. I was just bred there. <laughs> <laughs> French bred. Po boys. Yes. Mm. Um, okay. Back. All right. Yeah. I'm but only if you're picking it up to go. You're not right, sitting right, down right, in a restaurant. Right. Okay. Going, no, no. I was thinking about something, not to just jump on too many rabbit trails, but I was thinking about something. So the president was recently suggesting, as other health officials are, that, you know, mm-hmm. we need to practice social distancing. Right. We need to avoid large groups. Right. Um, you're going to hear we're going to talk about Louisiana. Governor John Bell Edwards is saying, like, reducing the number of gatherings to like 50 or more people, like not having more than 50 people. And um, but the president's saying like 10. Right. Right. So I was thinking I was like, Will, we could only have like three friends over at a time because <laughs> we're already yeah, at seven. I mean, like, you know. we. So we could be breaking all kind of rules and not even know it. Like we'd have to be really careful. So but, like large families we can't visit with. But yeah, Doctor uh, Fauci who who came on because he, he was asked about that as well. Like some people yeah. saying ten, and then and then the reporter was like, "But you have the governor of Alabama saying twenty five. Like what's mm-hmm. the number?" And he was like, "There's no magic fifty. No magic okay. number. That's like that's not a number that said like okay, if you have this many people, that everybody's going to be cured or whatever. You know. Yeah. But he's saying that it's like a, a guideline." And yeah. so 
you know, I, and I, th- I, was, I was glad he said that, you know. That's good. Because people look at the numbers and they're like, oh. And think that that's like a safety net. Right. It's but the, the reality is you could have three people and if one person is exactly. infected, your three's a problem. Exactly. Like it doesn't matter. Like, you know, 50 people, nobody has the virus. You don't have to worry about it. But exactly. three people and one person has it, then you have to worry about it. All right. So here we go. Um, here's the information. And uh, and then, Will the Great, I want to pick your brain about this. So among other announcements, Governor John Bell Edwards banned gatherings of 50 or more people in another dramatic step to limit the spread of the coronavirus uh, during a news conference yesterday. He also announced that the legislative session would be suspended until March 31st. Um, Big story out of New Orleans is that a dozen residents in a New Orleans retirement home are now infected by the coronavirus, which, as we know, we've been reading all the reports, um, watching the information is most lethal for older citizens. Right. And so um, this is very concerning. One of uh, Louisiana's four deaths from COVID-19 was an 84-year-old resident Mm. of the Lambeth House Retirement Home in New Orleans. Mm. Um, According to one of the leaders of the city's health department, a woman by the name of Dr. Jennifer Avegno, um, she stressed that there is substantial community spread Mm. in New Orleans And also suggested that the coronavirus is spreading faster in New Orleans than in other U.S. cities. Now, I wanted to cross-reference that and kind of check. And another story I read said that New Orleans is third fastest spreading city. Mm. So and I don't know what the other two are. I should have should have checked for that as well. Mm. But um, anyway, according to this health department um, leader, Dr. Jennifer Avegno, Mm -hmm. um, they're really concerned because the situation is rapidly changing down in New Orleans. So the governor has ordered bars, gyms, and movie theaters to close and Mm. limited restaurants to delivery and takeout. Um, The number of positive tests for the virus in Louisiana reached 171 as of today. That number, of course, could be climbing because the more you test, the more you get results back. And then, you know, you're in this waiting period. I think most of us have gotten the hang of what that means, you know? Right. Um, But anyway, yeah, um, There was a fourth death today reported in New Orleans. Most of the newly testing positive are in the city proper. Mm. There are some cases in the northwest corner of the state of Louisiana, a new case in Ascension Parish near Baton Rouge, which is the first area, the first case in near the state capitol, you Mm. know. And so all of that is cause for concern. Um, These restrictions coming coming from Louisiana governor. Um, will be in place until April 13th. Mm. So one of the big problems is that people can have this virus and not have any effects of it. Exactly. And people are not heeding the warning to wash your hands, practice social distancing, um, you know, be mindful of the elderly and all of these things. And so it seems to be adversely affecting New Orleans in particular. Yeah. Your thoughts on this? Yeah. You know, I've read another story where, you know, one of the NBA players, uh, Devin Mitchell, he was saying how the scariest part, because he was diagnosed with it. uh, And he, uh, I said diagnosed, is that right? But uh, he. I think so, yeah. Okay. And one of the scariest parts he said was that he has no symptoms. Like right now, like he said, he never had any, like he said, he feels good. Like he, but. He has he has it. So I think that's the that's the thing. So if you if you don't have any symptoms, I think people who have it don't have any symptoms. They feel like, man, nothing wrong with me. So I can go, you know, visit grandma, visit this person, visit, you know, my family member is in the nursing home or whatever, you know. 
And I I think that's the crazy part about this because you, if you, if you don't feel like and if you never get symptoms and you have it, mm-hmm. that's that's just a that's a crazy thing. And I was talking to my sister and she made a point that she feels like a lot of it had to do with the traffic that was in in New Orleans from from Mardi Gras. There was a lot of people from all wow, around. Wow, that's an excellent point. And you say if you look like fourteen days out, like around that, you know, that would have been. You know, it had been time where, where a lot of people were in the city and who knows, you know, because a lot of people come from out of town. That's true. You know, that's true. To, in really close proximity to one another. Exactly. And that's was that, that was something that she was saying. I was like, man, that I don't know if that's true, but it, it, I can see that. I could it's see something that. to consider for sure. Definitely. So I don't. So I don't you know. don't fall on the side where you think that it's just sort of um, people taking this for granted. You think that it really is just sort of unfortunate ignorance, you know, that people are just like, I'm, I feel fine. So yeah. I don't know well, what I the problem is. I think it's both. I think you also have <laughs> the let the good times roll, you know, who's yeah. like, man, nobody ain't gonna, you know, stop me from part uh, that, that type of attitude. I think that's there as well. Like to, to be real, I think, you know, some people are like, ah, this is, it's, it's a hoax. It's not real. You yeah. know, I don't feel bad or whatever. You know, nobody's going to tell me to sit in my house or whatever. And and you have some of that going on as well. I so think I'm not sure. So I'm not sure that most New Orleanians would think it's a hoax as much as they might think that it's not as serious as they're saying. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I okay. Agree. So let me let me do something, and then you untether these two things if you think that they don't work together. But here is my <laughs> okay. thought, and I wanted to tether these two scenarios together. Because in New Orleans, we are almost constantly preparing for something disastrous to happen, right? Like you, yeah. that's just kind of like a Hurricanes part of life. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. There's there's always a threat of like a big storm, right. you know, and, and I and I wanna kinda go back even to like Katrina. I'm thinking about, you know, the city during Katrina where it's like, okay, we always prepare for storms. We always prepare for something that is like gonna be really catastrophic. And then, you know, people are mad because they evacuated and it was nothing. Right. Mm. Or they, you know, they didn't, you know, and I think that was probably the the situation with Katrina. A lot of people felt like what I mean, we're going to lose power. So we're just going to grill out. Right. 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 I mean, I'm not trying to put our business there nationally, but that's what we do. Different ones. You're like, oh, they're never as bad as as they say, you know, so it's like the boy that cried wolf. Like, ah, okay, another hurricane. Yes. And I remember I just thinking back to Katrina. I remember you saying specifically to me, um, you better bring extra clothes like take. I think this is. Yeah, that press conference that uh, Governor Blanco and I I think she passed away. She uh, did. That that she had. I was like, yeah, this is a little different. This is a big one. Right. What they normally say, (laughs) which I will tell you just in my mind, had you not said that and I did obey. All right. What a blessing. (laughs) Um, But had you not said that, I would just think, oh, we're just, you know, making a little hop over to Mississippi. We'll be back. It'll be no big deal because, you know, there are scares like that all the time. So my thinking is for the residents of New Orleans or the citizens of New Orleans that the feeling is. I mean, it's it's what it's a virus. It's a virus. Like, you know, maybe there's a thought of like, I'm just not going to touch anybody. I'm just not going to touch anything. Or I just you know, I'm I'm just and then insert whatever other precaution that you want to say that they're going to take. But I think maybe underestimating, as you just suggested with with the anecdote about the. But still be carrying the virus. What do you think? about Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think that the virus is like just stronger in New Orleans. 
for some reason. I think you know. I think it is something that's not being maybe con- considered or, or as, as 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 serious or you know as lethal as it is. You know, and I don't think it. And I don't want to make a general statement that that's how everybody's thinking like that because I know that's not true at all. You know, but I do think uh, there's maybe some you know laxness and feeling like ah, oh, it's just this is something that that'll pass. It's just a, a virus. It's like the mm-hmm. flu or whatever. And it's, it's much more contagious and it has very real consequences. So here is here is my strong encouragement to the folks down in New Orleans. Um, hunker down with a pot of gumbo. Oh. That's what I want to say. Oh, you'd be straight just, with that. You got to just get, make make a gotta, big pot. You got to go to a grocery store and get the stuff, though. No, in New Orleans, we already have it. We, we keep true. that stuff we, in the freezer. We need to get some, though. It, well, we're not in New Orleans. Um, but no, in New Orleans, we already have it. Just go get it out of your freezer because you don't need to be going places. You don't need to be doing things unnecessarily, yeah. right? That's what I'm suggesting, unnecessarily, right. because it is concerning. And I want to choose my, my verbiage here very carefully. It is concerning that people can be asymptomatic but still have this virus and then also communicate that virus. I was reading some other information, which may explain a little bit about the great toilet paper disappearance of 2020. I mean, oh, okay. cuz that has you, been oh, like you have a little the bit confounding. Well, man. I mean, I I don't know if code? I have the answer, Sway. Okay. I have an <laughs> answer. I don't know if it is the answer, but um some of the common symptoms of COVID-19 is that people have what we commonly associate with like flu symptoms, right? Where okay. you have a fever, you feel tired, and then there's a dry cough. All right, just mm-hmm. a dry cough. But then there are some less common symptoms that maybe people might overlook, just slight shortness of breath, um, slight tightness in the chest, other aches and pains. But here's something else that's not making a lot of um, news time here. Nasal congestion, runny nose, sore throat, and then diarrhea. Hmm. So this is... So that would that would <laughs> you would need it for that. That would explain toilet paper gate, you know, or toilet toilet paper pop, apocalypse or whatever that that everybody is mm. is running and grabbing. But this information wasn't even. I, I don't think a lot of people are spending time talking about that. It seems to me that that is like every symptom for any type of ailment you could have, including right. allergies. Aller- that's what I was thinking about. Allergies feel like that, you know, with for your throat and then the cough and all. If, that sounds like. Allergies, but so you have to take. So what I'm suggesting is you. Yeah, you have to be careful. You have to take precaution. Again, you know, the information out from the medical professionals suggests that, you know, 80 percent of people who come in contact with this virus, you know, that they're going to have mild a mild case of it. But, you know, my goodness, you know, it's it's like you hate to speak in percentages because you're talking about real people's loved ones. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But for the 20 percent where it's not mild, where it turns into pneumonia, you know, um, where it results in death. Right. Um, let's not lose the people in percentages. Yeah. Right. And I yeah. think that that's something that um, I would just say to New Orleanians, you know, because, you know, New Orleanians are sort of like, you know, they don't sleep. Right. There's always something to do. Like there's always, you know, there's something. And so I think that takes adjusting. That takes just saying, well, we have to have a little bit of a new normal. And I think for most Americans now, if we can kind of pull back and just kind of, you know, look at the entire country. Mm -hmm. I think for most Americans, in order for us to get through this, because this is just the way we are, we're going to have to say to ourselves, the government didn't tell me to do it. I chose to do it. 
Right. That's what you're going to have to say to get through it, okay? Because <laughs> as long as you're saying the government's telling me to stay home, you're going to want to go out just because you have to. <laughs> That's how you are, oh, Americans. So just say that you chose to do it. Nobody made you stay home. You chose to stay home. All right. Aaron the Addison's American <laughs> Family Radio. What's Amazon doing? We'll talk about that next. Have your way, Lord, have your way. This with all my heart, I say. In your love, I'm trusting that obey. Jesus, have your way. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's five. Have your way. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We'll open the phone lines up in a little bit. Just first, let me um, let me share this information. It's a little bit of American history because I was joking about how, um, you know, in the United States of America, we're going to have to say to ourselves, "I'm doing this because I want to," not because somebody told me <laughs> to do it. And it's 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 actual factual that there is an account uh, during the Revolutionary War that this is almost a part of like the American DNA that don't just tell me to do something, explain why I need to do it, right? And then ask me to do it. Mm. And then I'll get back to you. <laughs> and, then I'll, and, then, and then I'll let yeah. you know. In the church, we say, we'll pray about it. Just joking. All right. Um, I'm just kidding. That's sorry. All right. In the oil. Here we go. <laughs> so Inspector General uh, Frederick Wilhelm Baron von Steuben is his name. And I learned of this story. And I shared this with, with the family around the dinner table. We're talking about it. Um, but he was a former Prussian army officer who um, George Washington, you know, uh, enlisted his help to, to kind of get the revolutionary troops in, in line, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that uh, von Steuben wrote in his journal and talking about trying to train this ragtag group of men who are <laughs> going to fight against the British, um, one of the things that he said was that these Americans in the army are unlike any other uh, soldiers that he's ever trained. And one of the things he said is that he was accustomed to telling a soldier, go do this, and the soldier does it. He says, with the Americans, you have to tell him why he must do it, and then he does it. <laughs> so that yeah. is sort of in the DNA. And, and look, there's somebody listening right now is like, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> why is that even a story, Mika, next? Like, of course you got to tell us why. But look, I'm telling you this, though, okay? Um, there are some people who study infectious diseases yeah. who we are listening to and we're reading And I think for all of us, myself included, for all of us, myself included, there are some things that are coming into better focus that we all need to do to be responsible. Again, we're not doing those things in fear. We're not doing those things in fear at all, but we are doing those things to be responsible. You know, we talked about the concern that people have, their financial needs being met and the loss of jobs and all those things. And if we care about one another, if we care about people getting back to work, if we care about getting back to normal and we know that there are all kinds of numbers out there. You know, how long will we be in this state where it's not normal? This is not, you know, regular days for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we care about it, then, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but let's obey. You know, let's do what we can to to see, I don't know, our return to normalcy, right? Like, I mean, what do you think, Will the Gray? Can, can, we, can we do that? Or do you yeah, think that's well, just cowardly? 
man, I don't know. I, I, no, I think we need to do that. I think we need to do follow. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I'm a big proponent. People probably going to yell at their radio for saying this. But in certain things, you know, I believe we we should be led by the Spirit of God. And I think God would, like what, I, what Martin Luther did, I think was led by the Spirit of God. Like he did the, you know, the, took the measures that would need to be taken, but he also didn't stop him from, it didn't stop him from ministering to others and doing things that, you know, that God would want him to do. And yeah, I love no, that I don't approach. disagree with that. I don't see why anyone would, would yell at you for that. Like, I don't I think, don't because I don't be think like, no. that gives us a license <laughs> to be rebellious. Well, I don't think that gives us a license to re, to be rebellious. And mm-hmm. I don't even think that that's a call for rebellion. Yeah. I do think that we have to be led by the spirit of God. And I think that in certain situations, the Lord may lead us to do something that may be slightly counterintuitive. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's going to be reckless. You know, I I don't think that that's an excuse to say, I'm just going to do whatever. If we're honest, most of us under the guise of, well, I'm just going to let the Lord lead me are just wanting to be rebellious. Like just wanting to go against someone saying to you, you need to stay home. It's like, it's the wet paint sign. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to touch the bench until you saw do not touch. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. you did. You, it, I look at our kids, you know, it's like when their hands are just filthy and you say, don't touch your face. What happens immediately? Something itches. My nose is mm-hmm. itching. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it is it's it's rebellion. I hate to say it, but, you know, it's I guess it's in our Adamic DNA. Like, right. This is passed down to us from, you know. From Adam. So anyway, um, let's try to squeeze in talking about what Amazon is doing, what other other stores are doing to respond in this hour. And then let me give the number 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. You can talk to the Addisons about anything that we have discussed today. Uh, in the meantime, though, Will the Great, you drew my attention to this. So why don't you kick us off talking about what some of the stores are doing? This is really good. Well, I just saw where uh, Dollar General and I think other stores are, are doing as well. They're yeah. having set hours that are specifically for seniors, you know, uh, so they can come in. And I guess without any other of the population coming in, it's set for them to get what they need and, and things like that. I think that's awesome. I think that is fantastic. That's a great way to think through, you know, how how to help people during this time, you know, so they're not at risk. So. So like the great. first couple hours, first hour and a half of um, some retailers are doing this, in particular the Dollar General. But this is not just happening in the United States of America. It's actually happening all around the world. There's an Australian grocery uh, chain that's called Woolworths, and it's opening its stores an hour early for the elderly and the disabled so they can come in and get the supplies they need without those supplies quickly being depleted by those who are better able to get in there and kind of overwhelm the store. Mm-hmm. I saw another story. There's a celebrity chef by the name of Jose Andres, and um, he is urging U.S. grocery store chains to do the same thing that um, what we're discussing right now, which is to allow one to two hours. I actually think it should be more on the side of two hours. Mm-hmm. I saw another store, um, I think in New Jersey, it may just be sort of like a local chain to New Jersey, but that they were doing like an hour before. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I think that's a great gesture, but I think, no, I think give two hours, you Mm -hmm. know, so that you can walk through the store without, you know, 
You know what I mean? Without someone else blazing through there. And yeah. I I, th- I think two hours would be would yeah. be plenty to be able to do that. But um, Jose Andres, this uh, celebrity chef, also suggested something that I thought was cool. He said that as um, a lot of these restaurants and things are closing, he suggested um, them turning into kitchens to help people who are underserved in their areas. Like maybe serving meals at a discounted price that or just pick up and, and kind of carry out type things. And I thought, man, that's really cool. And so he tweeted that out. And I don't know. I guess we'll just have to watch and see if um, some of the other restaurants follow suit on that. Mm. It'd be interesting to see if they do. All right. Amazon. So Amazon is not going to be um, distributing, I guess, items that do not relate to or pertain to coronavirus, COVID-19. Yeah, like from warehouses and I guess just normal products that you would have. They have decided to temporarily suspend the shipment of all items from independent merchants to its warehouses that are not medical supplies or high demand products. This is what they said in a statement to the independent quote. We are temporarily prioritizing household staples, medical supplies and other high demand products coming into our fulfillment centers so we can more quickly receive restock and ship these products to customers. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, I think that there are a lot of people who have some needs and they have some staples that they've not been able to get. Mm -hmm. And so Amazon's saying, hey, we got to take some measures to do that. And so they're doing it. Let me say this, squeeze this in before we take our first call. Mm -hmm. Amazon also announced yesterday, Monday, that it would be hiring 100,000 new employees Mm -hmm. in the U.S. Mm -hmm. in response to the growing demand for its delivery services. And also, one last good thing Amazon is doing It's adding pay raises to its hourly employees pay rates. Um, It says through April, of course, you know, I'm nobody, but I say just leave it. I mean, why you got to get to April and be like, hey, Joe, you know, like, just leave it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. If I'm Joe, I'm like, no, 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 you're not. The raise stays. Well, you better be like Joseph and and save up during those. That is very true. plenty. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Bishop, um, there you go. That month of plenty, whatever. Month of <laughs> month of plenty. All right, well, the great. Where do we go first? Let's go to Kyle in Arkansas. Hi, Kyle. Hey, uh, yeah, I wanted to get y'all's take on the coronavirus and how it could possibly be a part of the plagues, you know, that we hear about. And, and there's a lot of people that are kind of opening up to us as Christians that we can talk to. I mean, we're not to fear monger with them, but we are to tell them what we know and, you know, the truth that what, that's why I'm not fearful. Just what, as y'all said earlier, you know, I know I'm, I'm born again. If Amen. the coronavirus gets me or I have a car wreck or whatever, I'm going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'd like to just hear y'all comment on that. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. If I understand Kyle's question um, correctly, I would just suggest that all of these things become open doors for the gospel. So we give people the true hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think what Kyle communicated is spot on accuracy. Like this is why we are not afraid, Mm -hmm. right? This is why we are not kind of like stalled and, and, you know, frozen in fear. At the same time, if a person, now you don't want to cast your pearls before swine though, Kyle, you know, you don't want to tell a person, Person, something that they can't perceive, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, sometimes you may get into the weeds of things and start talking about God's judgment and you might start start talking about the things that God allows. And of course, for the Christian, this is as natural to us as breathing because we're reading the script. 
So we know God's track record. We know what God has done in antiquity. We've seen these things. We've read these things and we believe it to be true. So that's a very different conversation that believers might have among ourselves. But I would say to the person who is blind and in the world, um, you know, start with goldfish. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) before you work your way up to like the big fish, start with things that I think would be easier for people to conceptualize, which is now people are going to be starting to think about their mortality. They're going to think about, hey, you know, what happens after this? And so I think that's the uh, proper place to introduce the gospel. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think when you talk about the judgment of God, I think, you know, there's some things we can look at. uh, And let's just say in America. That we would say, like, man, we're doing this, and how long do we think that we're gonna keep doing this without <laughs> judgment coming? You yeah. know, now whether we can say this is it, you know, but I think there is always times of repentance that we can take, you know, and I'll just specifically say in this country for the Amen. sins that have been going on and the wickedness that goes on day to day, that you know, that that Christians are grieved over and vexed over. You know, Ooh, that's a great point, Will. Like, oh, man. OK, so let me just say, and we go, I know we want to go, move on. That is an excellent point. I think that would be an opportunity to say, do you think God has an opinion about American practices? Do you think God has an opinion yeah. on us exporting pornography? Yes. Do you think God has an opinion about the blood of infants, innocent babies that cries out from the earth? Does God have an opinion about that? And can God speak about that? Can he judge that? Not only in the United States of America, but also in the entire world. Now, that's that's a grand conversation that I think could cause some scales to drop from people's eyes. Yeah. Well, let's go to Tony in New Orleans. Hey, Tony. Hello there. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Good to hear y'all's voice. Uh, I just wanted to let you know, uh, listening to your conversation, that this week I did not stock up on toilet paper and paper products. <laughs> okay. I got 20 pounds of boneless, skinless chicken breast. Yep. I got three nine-pound boxes of smoked sausage. Oh, and man. I got me seven pounds of nice jumbo shrimp. And I know that a good gumbo will kill any virus. Tony, man, look, let me, flesh and blood does not reveal that to you. I just, man, 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 I could all, I could smell your house while you were talking. I could smell smell all of that meat cooking down and those peppers. I could smell that. Oh, Tony, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you you so much, man. Let's all take a break. We'll be right back. No, <laughs> we oh, can't do we, that. <laughs> let's go to another call. Okay. All right. Let's go to Lynn in Texas. Hi, Lynn. Hi. How y'all doing? Doing good. Good. God bless you. Yeah. Well, talking about food, um, I just want to point out that for twenty bucks, you can get forty pounds of sunflower seeds uh, and grow. That'll last you for a year's worth of of uh, three inch, two or three inch tall. Sunflower greens, which are about the most potent thing on the planet. Wait, Lynn, what, 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 what kind of, you said seeds or greens? What, what did you say? I'm sorry, because you were breaking up. You use all seeds, all seeds, when you grow microgreens, the baby greens. Like yeah. Yes. Seven to, ten, seven to ten, ten day old greens are are anywhere from four to a hundred times more potent than the full grown plant. So you oh, put yes. all the energy. So, so literally, you you can eat for a year on twenty dollars. Wow! And when you when you harvest the seeds, 
uh, you know, you could actually you could live forever on twenty bucks. So, so man, that's wow. really good. No such thing. No such thing as food insecurity. God's food is so phenomenally greater than man's food, and God's herbs heal. They not Amen. Amen. Everything. I mean, I, I've been studying it for thirty years. My that's my my ministries. It's not just about. It's not just about its food, though, because fear fear uh, knocks out the immune system when it mm-hmm. you know it raises cortisol, adrenaline. So it, it blows out the immune system. That's why it's so important. God says not to be in fear or anger. Amen. That's so good, Thank Lynn. You, Lynn. Man, that is so good. I'm going to tell you. Look, that's such a challenge to me. You know, somebody gave us some tomato plants, and I did my best. I got the kids involved in everything. Man, we. We they killed started, those plants. Well, they started making tomatoes, though. At they some, did, at and, one and, point. and and those first the first harvest was delicious. I just I we need to we need to hone our skills, Will. <laughs> yes, yeah. We need to, we need to get this down. Lynn makes a great point. Yes. All right, we're out of time for today. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.